You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central Show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by the CHOPS Power Injector System, the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA. Find them at barbecuekansascity.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. From injections to rubs to sauces, always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at CookinPellets.com. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at GreenMountainGrills.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. You want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email, if you would prefer, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, because nobody got the newsletter! Coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Normally, it's this guy, right? Normally, it's the guy who coined the phrase succulent, Stephen Reichel. It's not Stephen Reichel. Not oversharing any information that I may or may not know. He uh, had to bow out tonight well in advance, so plenty of room to fill. Note to other guests who have booked with me or are recurring guests. Oh, man. Steven gave me like five days advance notice. We tried to pre-record some stuff. It just wasn't going to work out. But, you know, from my perspective, I appreciate being able to chase Phil. And I got a great one, a, a guy that I was actually going to use for a barbecue roundup last week. And instead, he is going to fill in tonight winning 
Now his eighth grand championship down in Texas. Qualifying for the Jack actually last week. The pitmaster of Rio Valley Meats Company barbecue team, Fred Robles, will join us. We'll get a little Texas talk in with Fred. He's doing very well leading the IBCA points race. Then at 935, he is a loyal centralite. He is a competition barbecue cook. However, in the day, he is saving the general public on transportation, on car maintenance, on trailer maintenance. I don't know if there's ever been a show ever in the barbecue world that has dealt strictly with trailer maintenance. I think we all know, uh, you know, one of the many reasons I don't compete is the fact that I don't feel like shucking out twenty or $120,000 on a 40- or 80-foot trailer amongst all the other accoutrements that one feels like they might need in order to be successful on the circuit. But those things break. What's the maintenance like on those things? What's a boy to do? Well, the pitmaster of Midnight Owl Bar, or I'm sorry, Owl's Nest Barbecue, and the owner of Midnight Oil, Steve Ray, is going to do it. And then we'll move to the second hour. At 10.14, I don't know if you follow me on the Facebooks, slash Greg.Rempe, R-E-M-P-E, 1G with Greg. I found that the Gregs that are G-R-E-G are, are, are by and large Gregory. And the G-R-E-G-G, they're not Gregory. They're just Greg. They're lameskies. Their parents couldn't hash out the O-R-Y. They were lazy. Nevertheless, if you follow me on the Facebook, you would know that two or three weeks ago, I thought I stumbled over something new and upcoming, live, local, and late breaking. Hello, everybody. But evidently... It's just one of those things that I've missed, much to my chagrin, but I figured this would be the time to get it on because I've been seeing posts about it. It's called the National Barbecue Cup. Randall Bowman is uh, the guy that's in charge of it, so he will be joining us at 1014. We're going to talk to him about it. We'll learn about the National Barbecue Cup. We'll see what it's all about. Also, he is a manufacturer of and I don't I hate to generalize but it appears that in the southeast quadrant of the world or country he kind of owns the smoker market out there uh, deep south smokers I believe is the the name of the cooker that he makes yeah deep south smokers they are a uh, let's say cabinet style in the vein look every cooker has its Kleenex right uh, ceramics is big green egg pellet is Traeger, as much as I hate to say it, because of these guys down on the bottom. And this style that uh, the Deep South is, you know, stump style to a certain degree. Let's call it that way, because I think stumps kind of broke that, broke into that market, along with uh, Spice Wine and companies like that. So we'll talk to him about those cookers, as well as the National Barbecue Cup. Hey, hey, John Dawson, I know I could, too. Yeah. I wish I had that picture up so you wouldn't see me doing the impression. Who doesn't love Harry Carey? So that's what's on tap tonight. Uh, also, you can email or call in if you see fit. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com.
Let everybody know the show's on, folks. Send them to my website, The BBQ Central Show. Send them to the longtime video syndication partner of the show, OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch dash now. Also on Roku. And I've heard mixed reviews about Roku. My parents were very big on Roku. They loved watching it from the comfort of their couch. And then evidently the feed on Roku wasn't as great for whatever reason. This is the feedback I'm getting from them. I don't know if any of you other people watch it, but I know they do on Roku. And I I was getting text messages in the show going, oh, the feed blows. Where else can I go? You know, never mind that I have my own website that you could listen to it on. So I said, check out the live stream on YouTube. And then, you know, here it is, right? Uh, Greg, this is your mother calling. Yes, uh, we're still very disappointed with uh, this Roku, Rock, Roku, whatever you said. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to Greg about uh, the, the uh, terrible Roku. Who? Greg, he's doing the show. You know, it's Tuesday night in his basement. You know, he, uh, the uh, the show. What What are you making those air quotes for? What What does that mean? It, you know, his show. Just humor him, okay? So anyway, honey, I'm talking about the bad Raku feed, and then here it is, the YouTube. How? I don't know. How do, how do we get on there last week? How do we get on the YouTubes? He, I, Greg, we don't remember how we got on the YouTubes. And uh, send us a link on the machine and let us know how to get there. Uh, I, I don't have a link to go there. I don't, I don't have the... Oh, look, we, we got there last week. I don't remember. Tell him to send us the link on how to get to the YouTubes. I can't stand the Roku. I'm going to go to the refrigerator and get me a martini. A dry martini with two olives. I love olives. Yes, of course you love olives. Go have three martinis. Now leave me alone. I'm trying to get to the YouTubes. I'll, I'll send you a link, all right? Yeah, please see that you do. We're missing your open, and we would hate to do it. Yeah. We don't want to miss it. We, we love the show. Your show. See, you're doing the air quotes, too. I, I just saw you do. Oh, don't make him feel bad. All right. I got to go make a martini, okay? All right, honey, uh, we'll try and find you. Otherwise, I, I don't know how we'll see you. So uh, this could be it for us. All right, Mom. Well, thanks for calling in. Thank That's how it is. We found it once. We can't. We'll never find it again. Before we go to break, last week I broke news. I'm going to break news again right now. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. I reported last week that Ryan Grube's smoker of Backdraft Barbecue was stolen. Since then, it has been found unscathed. Safe and sound. That's right. Through the power of the Barbecue Central Show, your stolen cookers will be found. Huh. I don't know if it gets any better than that. 
I don't know if it gets any better than that. Congratulations to Ryan, all the news, all that stuff. Fabulous. Fred Robles coming out of the break, but first let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack manufacturers of smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you're a barbecue cook in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job. And with a perfect full line of barbecue sauces, spices, and pellets and wood chunks, it is a perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking and cooking classes, a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, why don't you? Cookshack.com. Or follow them on these social media type instances. Instagrams, Facebooks, the YouTubes. The what? Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on the world-class barbecue form. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast Eddie Marin, the FEC 100 and 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow or hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion, dedication drives the Cookshack's manufacturing folks with quality always being a top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call them, 800-423-0698, or visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right, we're going to gather up Fred Robles. We're going to talk Texas barbecue. We're going to talk about him going to the Jack. It's going to be a hoot. Stick around. We'll be right back. From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to the show. This portion is being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash, if anybody needs that. Plus, more important, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. This coming weekend, the Sam's Club Barbecue Tour is rolling into Las Vegas, Nevada, for the first regional round of the season. To keep up with Sam's Tour's results, see where the next event will be, or to register your team to compete, I believe there's a few spots left. Visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. 
My first guest tonight punched his ticket for the Jack Daniels two weeks ago, winning lucky number seven this past weekend. He added some backup with another win, two in as many weeks, giving him number eight. Let's go ahead and head to the hotline and welcome first timer to the show, the pitmaster of Rio Valley Meats Company, Fred Robles, joining me here on the show. Fred, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Fred, am I saying your uh, your last name right? Is it Robles? Robles, yes, sir. Robles, all right. Uh, Fred, let's go ahead and, and do this since you haven't been on the show before. I always like to kind of do that background thing with folks uh, that are coming on for the first time, introduce them to the Central Lights. Maybe a little uh, little background about you professionally, and then we'll build into the barbecue from there. Uh, well, actually, uh, the, the name Rio Valley Meat comes from a uh, actually a business that I own, a meat market. Um, and thus that in, uh, in itself is actually why I started barbecuing to begin with. Uh, all the ways to promote the meat market and some of the products we offered. Um, and, the, I mean, after getting my first walk, it was... It was uh, I was I was hooked after that. So, and it's led to to where I am now. I mean, I'm grateful for for every opportunity I've had up until now, and and I, I love competition barbecue. Fred, is Rio Valley meat? Are you like a butcher by trade, or what's the the deal with that? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a retail meat shop uh, uh, here in, in my hometown, actually, and uh, we offer. I mean, anything your your local butcher would offer, and. And we offer a lot. Of, we cater now uh, because I'm in competition barbecue. We cater a lot of competition barbecue products as well, different injections and rubs and barbecue sauces and, and that sort of uh, stuff also. Fred Robles joining me here on the show from Rio Valley Meat Company. Fred, do you find, you know, being somebody that's around meat and, and the butcher stuff, I've, I have a, a show sponsor, David Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, who uh, up and just till recently uh, retired from the trade of uh, being a butcher. Do you find that you know, having that intimate knowledge of, of working with the product that you're also competing with weekend in and weekend out gives you a leg up on the competition to any degree? I think it does. Um, definitely because uh, we get to see a lot of different meats go through our, go through our doors. Um, so we, I mean, for one, um, you get to... You, your your trimming and 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 what have you is, is a lot better than just because your knife skills are just more honed in. Um, I think is a is a is a good thing, but you get to see. I mean, brisket in particular, you you get to pick the nicer ones with the nicer marbling. I mean, you you get the you get the pick of the litter. In other words, Fred. So. Having the meat market, like what was, did somebody say, hey, come out to a barbecue competition or is it something that you read in the paper where there are a lot happening around you? Like where does the, the step into the competition happen? There was one uh, I, I recall in particular, which was my first ever competition. Uh, one of the bigger ones here in, 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 in the general area, uh, Smoking on the Rio. Uh, that one has about, this year, it actually had about 250 teams competing. And it's a big deal around here. A lot of folks go out there, and and like I said, it was it was more of a uh, a marketing deal for the uh, for the meat market. Just kind of put our banner out there, our name out there, uh, and just garner some interest into into bringing people to our doors. And that's that's really the the, the whole reasoning behind uh, me getting into carpet competition barbecue. Fred Robles joining me here on the show from Rio Valley Meat Company. Uh, what are you cooking on, Fred? 
I'm uh, cooking on the J3 on the Jambo. Any? Uh, do you cook on any other cookers, or is Jambo the the singular pit that you compete with? Jambo is uh, uh I cook brisket and ribs in the Jambo. Um, down here, it's just I most most of the competition, uh, most of the events are sanctioned by IBCA, so it's it's mostly uh, brisket, ribs, and chicken. Uh, actually, my chicken I cook on a Weber kettle. So it's my jambo and my Weber, and that's it. Have you uh, have you ever used the chicken for like uh, the jambo for like everything, or is it always been a, yes, a two? Yes, I have. Actually, actually, last year at uh, smoking on the Rio, uh, cooked all three meats in the jambo. Uh, did pretty well there. Ended up grand champion. Fred. Qualifying for the Jack this year, two weeks ago you win number seven. There's that definitive time frame between one season to the next where if you can string seven grand championships together, you get to go down to the Jack automatically. Is this the first time you're going down to Lynchburg? Yeah, yes, sir. It is the first time. I'm excited about that. So when, when you get number seven, you know you're going to go down there. And look, I, I mean, I talk to a lot of KCBS teams, a lot of FBA teams, and I've made a concerted effort here over the last year, maybe year and a half, to get a lot of the Texas teams on there. So I'm not asking you to speak for Texas, but I mean, obviously you're around a lot of pitmasters. Do guys want to win seven or be able to, to qualify for the Jack? Do this, does it hold as much mystique for the IBC and the Lone Star and, you know, some of these other guys as it does for some of the other sanctioning bodies, or is it not that big of a deal? Uh, absolutely. I think it is a very big deal. Um, as we all know, the Jack is, is is a Super Bowl of barbecue. I mean, it's a prestigious event that um, any serious competitive cook uh, wants to be at. Um, just to get a, a, a chance at, at, at cooking out there in Lynchburg is, 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 is awesome. And and I I was fortunate enough to get a couple um, uh, grand champions under my belt before the end of the year, um, and, and this year started off great for me, and and I'm I'm just blessed that uh, I was able to get number seven here two weeks ago. Let me ask you something specifically about the judging at the Jack Fred, and, and I don't know how much you've heard about it or you know gotten input from other folks that have been there. There seems to be kind of that. Uh, definitive percentage of and on the smaller side educated uh certified barbecue judges and then perhaps more of a majority of unseasoned or not a lot of judging competition experience and i'm wondering because ibca and a lot of the texas sanctioning bodies that are out there right now there isn't sanctioned or there isn't certified judges you're kind of getting you know, the man off the street, if you will, and, and they kind of judge and it's a people choice type of thing. Do you find that because there is kind of a discrepancy in how the judging pallets are going to be in that tent that you find a little bit more of a leg up on the, uh, from a high level? Do you find more of a leg up on, on that kind of a situation? Uh, honestly, um, I'm still doing my homework on the Jack. Um, I, I really don't know how the judging is out there, but if it is the way you're telling me, uh, IBCA is a lot like that, uh, to where pretty much anybody can go and judge. So you you kind of have to hit a bunch of different palettes and kind of be what I call middle of the road barbecue. Not, I mean, nothing, nothing that's going to offend somebody, um, as far as taste goes. So that's, that's the way, that's the way I try to cook. And, and it's, it's, it's done well so far. So 
I mean, it, it, it might, I might have a leg up, but then again, we're not used to cooking pork. Um, we do chicken hams. We don't do thighs. Um, there's, there's a lot of different variables as well. Fred, there is a thought that some guys that, you know, they win depending on where they're at in the country, they uh, will make some kind of a judgment, uh, I'm sorry, an adjustment to their flavor profile when they get down to the jack. Is that something that you will entertain as you're doing your research or will you say, hey, here's what's worked in Texas. This is what has gotten me to this point. I'm going to kind of dance with the girl that brought me here. Yeah, a good friend of mine once told me that, so that seems uh we actually cooked, and uh, I went with a couple of friends of mine out to uh, to Florida uh, January for the Sunny's uh, Invitational. Yep. Um, we cooked in the in that event. Uh, well, I cooked with them. We actually both qualified, but I cooked with them, and and, I, and they were asking me what what do you think we should do? Should we change our profile? I told them we're gonna we're gonna dance with the girl who took us to prom. Um, that and and that's that's kind of the approach I'm gonna take to the deck, whether it's right or wrong. Um, I don't know, but that's that's the way I know how to cook barbecue, so I think I'm going to stick to that, stick to my guns. Fred Robles joining me here from the show. Fred, let me ask you, when we look at this past weekend, which was number eight, uh, two in as many weeks as far as grand championships are concerned, you're cooking down in Orange Grove, Texas, at the Orange Grove uh, Volunteer Fire Department barbecue cook-off. You have almost 70 teams there. You know, Traditionally, as I've started to follow more and more of the Texas stuff, there's a lot of teams that are going to these events. I mean, 70 teams at a KCBS or an FBA event would be like a lot of teams. But this almost seems more on the low end for a lot of the Texas contests, right? Yeah, we get a we get a, there's a lot of teams showing up to events around here. Um, 70s, 90s, hundreds. Uh, turn and burn out in Pleasanton had 250 this year uh, in March. Um, so there's, yeah, it's 70 is not unheard of. It's quite common around here. Talk to me a little bit about your flavor profile. Obviously, in IBCA, you're doing brisket, you're doing ribs, and you're doing uh, half chickens. What are you finding flavor profile wise or seasoning wise that really seems to trip the judges? taste buds I, I think i think uh middle of the road barbecue um and my and the way ibca um is scored you they score you one to ten um so i don't want my my, my personal thinking towards barbecue is hey I, I don't want i don't want that what i call the wow factor to where i'm gonna wow a judge but that judge say it's with sweetness and then there's a guy over here next to him that doesn't like sweet ribs per se and he's the, the guy who does like them is going to give me a 10, but the other guy is going to give me a one. Uh, I'd rather be in the middle to where I'm getting six and sevens all the way across. And at the end, it's going to add up to a better point average. Um, so that's, that's kind of my take towards, towards barbecue, not too sweet, not too salty. Um, it's just the middle of the road barbecue. And I like to call middle of the road. Is there a, a tendency to go sauce on any of the meats or is it a lot of, Let's call it oju or you know self juice going back on those meats. Um, is there a tendency to go soft? Sauce. Oh, sauce. Um, brisket, Texas brisket is, is hardly ever sauce. I mean, I've seen it out there. I've seen guys doing it. Um, 
my my personal preference is no sauce on brisket. Uh, I just that's just the way I like to eat it, so that's the way I present it to the judges. Uh, ribs and, and chicken, yeah, more more often than not, they're sauce. Fred Robles joining me here on the show from Rio Valley Meat Company. Fred, in regards to competitions themselves, just on a on a high level. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that are showing up in Texas. What kind of a, an entry fee are you looking at on the average versus something that you might see in a KCBS or an FBA type of a situation? Average is, is, is about 150 to $200 around here. Um, that's that's more, about, I'd say, about 80%, 90% are in that, in that price range. Do you find that uh, a lot of the cooks are going to – any of these higher end briskets or at least in that particular region, you guys kind of still stay not commodity, but not in the, in the Wagyu either. Uh, being in the, in the meat business, I, I get, um, I get calls for, you know, they, they're asking for Waggies. A lot, a lot of guys just uh, the USDA primes, um, choice. I mean, but yeah, I've had, I've been close for Waggies. Um, whether or not they're doing well uh, here in Texas, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I prefer to cook just the regular prime, a well-marbled prime, just because that's what's been working for me so far. So, uh, but I ha- but there is interest in, in, in the higher end stuff as well. Because it's working for you, and I get it. A lot of pitmasters are always just going to kind of stay with what if it's hitting. Why bother changing it, right? If I were to yeah. say, hey, Fred. My name is Johnny Brisket. I'm I have this Wagyu brisket company and I'm gonna give you briskets for the rest of the season. It's a cost you don't have to worry about. But that's what you have to use. Would you take that? I would definitely be interested and then and definitely try them. <laughs> All right, so here's the devil's advocate to that answer. If you if what's winning is the prime, is it more important to figure out how you can work with something that may or may not hit? Because it's not a cost absorption, or, or what? Um, do you, I mean, you see, I really do, do you know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I, I really just haven't cooked wagyu's because of the cost um, more than anything. Uh, I know some guys out here. I cook one personally for competition, one brisket, and that's it. But I know guys using two, three briskets, so. I can imagine how much they're spending on their meats, but really my, my whole deal for not using Wagyu is that, and to be honest with you, I have never cooked a Wagyu. Um, I just haven't done it because of the price, price, uh, cost itself. But if you are a top IBCA points chase right now, and you've won two contests in a row and you've won eight, you know, within the, the last, uh, whatever period of time it is right now to qualify for the Jack, I mean, I could make an, Obviously, you know, it's my show and I can make arguments either way I want to. It's very easy for me for some idiot that doesn't, never does this. But I could make an argument that, you know, Wagyu, it wouldn't help you. It wouldn't get you any better results. If you're winning, you're winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, it's it's one of those deals that I, I'm very meticulous about the way my whole approach uh, throughout the week leading up to a contest. There's things I do a certain way uh, all the time and and just just cooking a prime brisket is one of those things. Is I've I've always just done it that way. Um, I haven't had the need to change yet. 
uh, if it ever arises, then I might, I might try to step it up and, and, and try to go for something like a Wagyu. That's right. Ever-evolving is uh, what you have to be in the competition barbecue world game. Quick question before I let you go, Fred, and I appreciate the time tonight. Biggest mistake, yes, the biggest mistake that new teams make that you see? Overthinking barbecue. At the end of the day, it's barbecue. I mean, it, it, it ain't nothing else. It's, uh, uh, we, and I, and I, and I tell you this from experience because it happened to me when I first got into it. I'd see all kinds of videos and watch all kinds of TV shows and, and read on forums and this and that and, and and come come to realize it, especially here in, in, in Texas, IBCA or Lone Star, or Texas Gulf Coast or whichever sanctioning body you're cooking in, it's it's your normal average Joe going out there to judge. And what do they like? They like they like barbecue, just average, just good barbecue. And and at the end of the day, I think whoever can keep the bar their brisket and their ribs and their chicken moist and tender the longest in a tray by the time the judges get to it, I think that's who wins. Um, so the biggest mistake is is overthinking barbecue, thinking that there's some sort of magic dust or magic rub or magic sauce that's going to make you win. I don't think there's there's anything like that. I think it's it's a blend of things, a blend of your injections, your rubs, your spices, your your sauces. It's it's just a good mixture of everything that's going to come together and give you a winning product. Fred, I lied. I have one more question, and then I promise I'll let you go. And I appreciate the time. From from a from a restaurant barbecue type of situation. Would you pay $38 for a beef rib? No. <laughs> no. Ha ha. You're the first. I got it on tape. All right, I have I'm not going to tell you where I'm going with that, but I'm building a case. Uh, Fred Robles joining me from Rio Valley Meat Company. He has won two contests in a row. He's qualified for the Jack Daniels this year. Where are you going to be competing at next, Fred? Uh, there's a, a local uh Contest here, a couple miles away from home uh, this weekend. So they're engine bravest and finest cook-offs. Um, they usually get about 50, 50 to 60 teams there. So I'll be there this weekend. All right. So uh, good luck trying to string number three together. And obviously, if you do it, the show Karma has proven out to be typically guys that show up on Tuesday win on Saturday. So, you know, I'm not saying you're going to win, but right. you're probably going to win. All right. <laughs> do it, good deal. All right, Fred. Re- really appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks so much for coming on. You got it. There he is. Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat Company. You know, I always find it interesting. I mean, is that the guys that are doing it by trade, right? I mean, how long has Dave Bosca was a butcher for? Let me uh, do my math here. Uh, it's what, 10, 5 years. Sponsored the show. I think Fred has been a, uh, or Fred. Dave was a butcher for, I think, 650 years. So, you know, the knife skills and the... Unless I'm completely mistaken, I believe Dave Bosca found what they call the horn in the pork butt. I believe I saw him almost come up with the horn or had recently found the horn when I was hosting the Miami, Oklahoma, uh, smoking at the run with uh, Dave Qualls, American Dream Barbecue Team. Speaking of Dave Bosca, I'm going to read for him right now. And by the way, No Names Please said, uh, get a teleprompter for your reads. No. I'm not going to do that. I want you to see exactly what's happening. Remember, radio show first, right? (laughs) This is really what's happening. I mean, I could probably do. You know what? 
I know what to say about Dave. If you're looking to step up the barbecue and grilling game, there's no better or easier way to do it than by going to ButcherBBQ.com. We all know Butcher's Barbecue has the injections. They have the sauce, the sweet barbecue sauce, which I absolutely love. The first time that I had Dave Bosca's Butcher's Barbecue Sauce, I was drinking it out of the bottle. Meathead was there. He can testify to it. In fact, he stopped our interview and said, you are drinking that barbecue sauce right out of the bottle. It must be really good. I said, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's good enough to drink out of this bottle. Those are just the first two things. There's a whole new line of rubs out for Butcher BBQ right now. The pecan rub, the cherry rub, the chipotle rub, or chipotle, and the master secret double top secret blend rub. All new. ButcherBBQ.com. That's where you can get them at. If you've bought another injection and you've realized that that was a mistake, you shouldn't have spent that money. In the past, you've had to throw it out. You suck up your losses. You take the kick from the balls from the wife saying, hey, you just spent $100 on rub. I'm sorry, injections that you don't even like. Come on. What are you going to do? Well, now you can take that other brand. You go to ButcherBBQ.com, you click on the trade-in link up there at the top, and you print out that label, and then you take that label, your remaining rub, you ship it over to Dave. He's going to weigh it. All of his weigh-outs in the end are final. And then say, hey, send me some of your premium injection or some of your bird booster in, re- in, uh, in replacement. He's going to send you the weight that you sent in with his product back to you. Who else is doing that in the industry? Nobody else is doing that. He's making his customers happy every day. Also, his competition's customers happy by taking their stuff, giving you his stuff. And, oh, by the way, the grilling oils are off the chain, folks. Come on. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. It's Trailer Maintenance with Steve Ray from Owl's Nest. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Centralshow.com. Angela Iverson is in the chat room. Long time no see, Angela. Come on. This portion of the show being brought to you by the the Barbecue Central Show. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve Ray has completely thrown me off. This guy is a marketing genius. You're going to see here for a second. Just hold on. Hold on. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about something medium-sized? Certainly. How about something to take on tailgates? Why not? Head on over to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Check them out. I love mine. You could love yours if you would just visit the website. By the way, they do have pellets as well if you want to fire that Green Mountain Grill that you get. As I had mentioned all the way back in the show open, you have these people, these competitors running around showing everybody how much money they have buying 800 and 700 foot trailers 
showcasing, look at this, look at that. Who's to keep up with the maintenance on these things? Oh, my God, my wheel went down, my axles broke, my tongue doesn't work. I'm throwing tongue in there because once I saw it on a forum, I don't even know what that means. Why not bring in an expert? Midnight Oil's very own and the pitmaster of Owl's Nest Barbecue. Steve Ray joining me here on the show. Steve, how are you, buddy? How about that? Yeah, son of a bitch. Is that it? There you are. Yeah, you were muted out. I knew it. I was like, man, the guy can't look that good and not have sound. There's got to be something elementary. (laughs) What's that button do? Yeah. (laughs) Click that one. Nobody can ever hear you. Some people say I got a face for radio. That's right. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Steve. So let's uh, let's get to the. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to use this pun. Let's get to the nuts and bolts of the topic tonight, which is you know trailers. And I think never over the last even two or three years have I seen so many people on the Facebook. And maybe it's because it's a social media revolution, right? But I've never seen so many people put up pictures of oh my tire just shredded or my wheel is facing in the opposite direction. Uh, I mean, people are spending a lot of money. Nobody's better than you, right? I mean, you're a competitive barbecue cook. You know what it takes to get out there on the circuit and be competitive. And people are spending a lot of money on trailers to hide. So talk to me, I guess, a little bit. And here's the idea for the segment is trailer maintenance and things that you can do to potentially stave off some of these high-cost repairs. What do we need to know about some of the, the basic maintenance tips for trailers, whether you're a caterer or a competitive barbecue cook or just some hack like me that's got millions? Well, in, in chat room, when you were coming on the air, uh, Patio Daddio said, lube, tires, uh, <laughs> session over. Yeah, very easy, But right? you know what? But you know what? He about hit it on the head, Greg. Because without a doubt, the most uh, forgotten thing to do to your camper, your, your cooking rig, whatever you have, and we see it every Every day at my service station, we're right on I-75 at Exit 11 in uh, Tennessee uh, on the northbound side. And it, they're barely, especially in the summer, a day goes by when we don't get a camper in, uh, smoking smoking tire, a blown-out tire. Uh, you know, the tire blows out and it rips the side off the camper, uh, lawnmower, lawnmower trailers, all things like that. And it's simply due to either, you know, a bad, it's not normally something they run over on the road. It's normally a bad, a bad tire, a dry rotted tire, a tire that's separated. It's a tire that they bought at a, a local used tire place and they put it on their trailer because they quote, didn't want to put a whole lot of money into a uh, tire for a, for a trailer. And it, and it just spells disaster because what happens when that tire blows when that wheel bearing goes and that spindle gets hot, you in your back rear view mirror, and it looks like a scene out of the French Connection. There's they're <laughs> sideways going from, from going from lane to lane, and uh, you're taking out people from Canada and in Michigan, and it's uh, it's it, it's a it can be a disaster. A lot of accidents on the interstate due to that, due due to campers trailers with uh, poor maintenance. So, Steve, if I'm walking around, if I have you know, any of these trailers that you had mentioned, what's like the, the checklist or the pre-trip inspection that I should be going through to ensure that as I start out on the journey, I'm at least not giving myself the best efforts of being one of those Facebook posters going, oh, look what happened to me five minutes into my trip. What I do, Greg, on, on our on our trailer, on our comp trailer, uh, on both of them, the two that we've had, 
I pull, I, I jack up each side individually, and I pull both tires off. And may I look at those tires. I make sure I look at the inside to make sure there's no cracks in them. You know, a lot of times, if you're like me, a lot of guys buy these uh, trailers used. Uh, people put armor all on the outside. They look all pretty. They're all they look good, but on the inside, you start to see the drywall crack, especially trailer tires. You know, a trailer tire is called an ST tire. Uh, the designation for a car tire, like you and I have, is P. It'll start like P215-75R15. But a trailer tire, a true trailer tire, 6-ply, 8-ply, or 10-ply, will start out ST215-7515. And they're real heavy. They've got a lot of rubber in them, a lot of belts. And they tend to separate quicker than a passenger car tire. And they will do that on the inside. They'll get knots on the inside. And the only way to see that is to take it off. And when you've got it off, you want to look at your spindle bearings. If you've got a buddy bearing, which is the best thing to have, you can just hit it with grease on the outside. But if you've got a standard spindle with a, with a hub assembly, you need to pull that off, pack those bearings. And I'll say this, Greg, if you take the time to take the wheels off, and you're going to pack the bearings, go ahead and get new bearings. Bearings are maybe $30 a side. And uh, for 60 bucks, you can have brand new bearings. You can pack them. You can buy a, a tool for $20 that can pack them on your workbench at the house. Or you can do the old palm thing, palm pack them, and uh, put it back on that spindle. And uh, you will you will have a uh, trouble-free trip. I, I would love to sit here and tell you, Steve, that I am very handy and that I can pack this. The only thing I know about packing is whole packer briskets, and that's about it. So I hear take sure. when I hear take wheels off and pack bearings. After I get done passing out, I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to do that? Is it something that you just go on YouTube and find, or? Like, what's the, the best way to, to actually be able to do it? You can go on YouTube, of course, but uh, your best bet is to take it to your local service guy. Uh, we have lots of guys that come every year uh, with their boat trailers, especially a lot of bass fishermen. We see, we see more, obviously, being in this part of the country, we see more bass fishermen than we do uh, competition cookers, and we see more campers than anything. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing that's on a uh, competitive uh a trailer that we all pull. Um, it's the same setup. It's a, um, it's a, it's a static, a static axle. It's not a live axle. Each side is, uh, independent of the other. And, uh, you need to have your uh, professional look at it. If, if you don't know what you're looking for and, uh, when those tires and, and when you take those wheels off, uh, you can get under there also, you can look at springs. Greg, just last summer, we had a, a friend of yours and an acquaintance of mine and his partner going to uh, Kansas city called me out of, out of the, out of the blue. And he was on I-24 and the, uh, they thought they had a flat and what they had, they had a broken axle Ooh. and, uh, it was a spring, a spring hanger that broke. And, uh, I, I wasn't close enough to help him, but I was close enough to find them help and to get them towed off of the, uh, interstate. And they were close enough to, uh, Cookville, Tennessee at that, um, one of their buddies were able to help them. So, uh, you know, you know, that record, man, when that record comes out, it's, it's expensive. And, um, and that trailer, you know, it has to go up on that rollback and those guys, you know, you don't, you don't, there's no bargaining. They, they just tell you how much it's going to be and you pay it. Steve, when you take it, you know, let's talk about tires, I guess. And, you know, making sure that if the bearings need to be packed, if you're taking it somewhere, like, is there a, a general cost that you think you might be into? If you're taking it somewhere versus the sixty bucks, if you're doing it yourself, and the, you know the other twenty bucks for the tool or whatever, 
I mean, are you in the, the couple hundred dollar range, which has still got to be way less than putting it up on the back yeah. of the hook? You hit the nail on the head, 200, 250 to pull. If it's a, if it's a, a setup like on, like on our competition camper where we've got electric brakes on the one wheel and just a, a hub assembly on the other, it doesn't have a buddy bearing. So you actually have to pull, you have to pull the hub off and get and access the, uh, the, the bearings in there and, uh, you have to pack them and then you do all four. It takes, you know, it takes three to four hours to do that. Uh, with a buddy bearing is great. You, um, you just stick the uh, lube gun on there and it's got a little zert fitting on the end. And, uh, and the, the listeners know what we're talking about and you can hit those. And I mean, you're talking, you're, you're, if you just want the zert fittings hit, you don't want anything inspected. You're, you're talking 10 bucks. Steve Ray joining me here on the show from uh, Midnight Oil. Uh, he is off of uh, I-75, exit 11 on the northbound side. Do you do a lot of, like, barbecue work? Like, do you get guys coming in because they're in distress or they just want to PM or something like this? No, not not on barbecue trailers. We get a lot of campers, though, because, they're, they're, you know, they're more more out there than anything. Uh, we, you know, we get a lot of people that, that live in uh, Michigan, and they travel to Florida, and they set up there during the wintertime. And this time of year, they're heading back. And, uh, you know, they, they've been down, they've been, they've been in Michigan where salt factor, and even where you live, Greg, in Cleveland, the salt factor on cars is just enormous. And then they drive down to Florida where the salt factor is, is bad too, just in, in the, the air, air that, right? that, that surrounds them. And, uh, and that is what wears on oil and grease and the sand gets in those bearings and you can't help it. No matter how well it's sealed up, it will get in there. And, uh, they don't have them taken off. They don't have them clean. Well, see, when you take them off and clean them, you're going to take them over to your, to your cleaning, uh, service center. The mechanic's going to take them in a brush in a, in a compound and he's going to wash out those bearings and, uh, you can inspect them. If he's got any pits, you throw them away and you get a, you know, you get new bearing, you pound out the race and, uh, you replace it. So, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the notion of this. If, if you have a flat on a camper or your company, lucky enough to find somebody who can repair the flat. If you get it to the place and repair it, go to the cook and, and finish. When you go home, replace even take a chance with it. I don't care how well it's been repaired. What you know, I we had when we got home from Bainbridge a few weeks ago when we after we comp- competed was on our camper was flat. We're having a little connection problem. It nope. Sounds like yeah. There you go. Uh, so you were saying yep. that uh, you you had a you had an issue with the tire coming back from Bainbridge. Yeah. Well, we were lucky enough we made it home and uh, it was flat. When I looked out the back of the service station where we keep our camper the next day, it was on the ground. So you know, thank you. And uh, we made it home and uh, didn't have to worry about it. And um, but but I, but I didn't even you know there was a there was a nail in the tire. I probably picked it up in my own service station because people you know we have carpenters and electricians and everybody that trade there and it, they fall out all the time. And um, but I threw it away. I didn't I didn't want to patch it. I didn't want to plug it. I just wanted it gone because you know a six ply tire is the only thing separating you from a disaster on the uh, on the interstate. Steve, in regards to the competition side of things, obviously the pitmaster of Owl's Nest Barbecue, where uh, where are you going to be competing at next, and like what's the schedule look like for this year? We do a little local chicken wing contest this Saturday, and then um, we come back and we go to Rome mid-May, and then we're going to uh, uh, and Memorial Day we're going to Titan Stadium to do the National Barbecue Cup, the Open, and then uh, I, I tell you we've got a, uh, a KCBS event right here in Chattanooga, uh, June third and fourth that we're going to do. 
excited about that. If anybody wants to look it up on the KCBS website, follow the links. Uh, uh, Red Bank, Tennessee is just a, it's just a part of Chattanooga, a very nice venue. And uh, we're very excited about that. And then, um, then we head up to um, uh, Maryville after that. So this is our kind of our, our busy season. Steve Ray is the pit master of Owl's Nest Barbecue Competition cooking team, but in his real life, he is out there at Midnight Oil, uh, and it is uh, I-75, exit 11, northbound side. So if you're kind of around that area and trouble hits you, he's the guy you're going to want to call, and uh, he's going to be able to help you out. Uh, Steve, really appreciate the information tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon. Greg, and I appreciate you too, and I want to encourage everyone. Thank you so much. You got it. Good night. You too. There he is, Steve Ray. John Dawson was like, uh, yeah, check your tires and then get a new internet connection on your way home. Hey! How how far heat should be from tires and how often he sees that as an issue? Oh, I got off. How far heat should be? I don't know. That's a good question for next time. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. Uh, Steve's in the chat room, so he might see this. I think he's still in the chat room. Just put it, uh, he'll, he'll probably see it. He'll help you out with that. Answering questions without charging a $100 fee to look at it, by the way, is Steve Ray. So uh, see if he's still in there, Matt, and then ask him. He'll, he'll help you out. Let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS Power Injector System. That's right, the National Barbecue Associate. Hold on. Let me do this. The National Barbecue Association's 2015 and 2016 Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injection needs, from backyard cooks to the caterers and restaurant chefs. There's a power injector right for you. Each of their patent-pending CHOPS power injector systems features not one, not two, but four evenly spaced, perfect distance needles for injecting. Three different models to choose from. Let me tell you about it. Number one seller, a half-gallon CHOPS power injector system designed for competitors or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use. Clean to fill it, pump it, and go. If you have one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all, and it comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. $100 plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon CHOPS power injector system. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking MBN whole hog, or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. $120 plus shipping anywhere. Then, of course, the CHOPS full power injector system. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. It's not a holding tank, but three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that it is making his briskets better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. $325 plus shipping anyway. A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using the CHOPS power injector system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. We live in a foodie world. We need flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. You can inject alcohol into fruit in the meantime. You want to get a lot of efficiency out of it? That's another way to do it. They're all made in Kansas City, Missouri. You want accessories? They got them. Let Dan Uladal and the folks over at the CHOPS power injector system hook you up. 
BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. The CHOPS Power Injector System. Give your barbecue some power. We'll be back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Thanks again to Steve Ray for coming on. Owl's Nest Barbecue. Midnight Oil is uh Midnight Oil is his service shop. Again, I-75, northbound side, exit eleven. If you're a trucker, get on the big truck. Where's where's the nearest hook there, boy? Yep. I-75, uh, 11-yard sticker northbound side there by the chicken coop. Come on. Come on. Got a bear in here. Cash box is closed up. Don't worry about that chicken coop there on the westbound side either, boy. Yeah. That's how truckers talk. I know. I'm in the trucking business. Again, thanks to Steve Ray for the maintenance tips. He's obviously giving some maintenance tips there in the chat room as well. So if you are just listening and you want to check out the chat, maybe you have a maintenance question for Steve to answer here over the next couple minutes going forward, outdoorcookingchannel.com slash watch dash now. That's outdoorcookingchannel slash watch dash now. And you can jump in the chat as well if you got any maintenance questions for Steve. He's going to help you out. And if you're broke down on I-75 somewhere near exit 11, he's the guy you want to look at. All right, we got technical issues potentially worked out with Randall Bowman coming up next hour, so we'll see how that works in about 30 minutes. We're going to go phone instead of Skype. That's fine. If you have any questions, you give me a call, 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. We're back right after this for the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's a feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Funny enough, as Matt Boer would talk about, tonight uh, there is a beer sponsor. It's the only beer sponsor that I have. Uh, 17, 17th State Pale Ale tonight. And you know what? I want to see Matt guessed the exact APV last week on the Kolsch. So, Matt, this is an IPA. You tell me what the APV here is on my IPA. 17th State IPA. It's great. It's got a nice grapefruity cut to it. Chris Mackey will be joining us, who is the president of uh, 17th State, the first beer sponsor of the show, which I appreciate. Yeah, man, it's good. IPA seems to be, I'm no beer guy. Matt is way more of the beer guy. However, IPA seems to be, and if you're a wine guy, maybe this is only relevant to Meathead. I don't know how many. Well, John Dawson's a wine guy, but maybe he left already. All right, 6-4, that's a guess. 6-4 is in. I'll wait for a couple more, and then I'll show you the exact uh, APV. India Pale Ale right now seems to be, John, correct me if I'm wrong here because you're a wine guy as well, seems to be like the Pinot Noir of what wine was four or five years ago. I forget the name of the movie that Pinot Noir came on. It was like Curves or Crossroads or something like that, but it was all about Pinot. Then Pinot blew up, and it was all about Pinot. It was way more expensive than it should have been. A little more overrated, blah, blah, blah. Although a good Pinot in Turkey is very delicious. I think that's where IPA is right now in the beer world. Uh, The IPA is the Pinot of the wine world. All right, Matt guesses six. Patio Daddio is uh, 6.4. And if you can see, uh, is it going to show? There it is, 6.5. John wins. 6.5. This is one and one half percent more than that Kolsch. Yikes. And, you know, it makes it really hard for me to stay on the weekday warrior program with a beer sponsor. But, you know, I temper it. I wait to get my shit face on Friday and Saturday. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, give me that. Where can I get to blackout? Is that can that happen quick enough? Get me some Canadian beer. Come on, Kinger. 
tell uh, Lowenbrow or Molson Golden to send me down some of their finest. I love a Molson Golden. Oh, my. You remember Molson Golden? Oh, that was some of my favorite. In college, that was one of my most favorite beers ever. Here's a point of note. Starting yesterday, oh, does it give you the IBU? I don't know. Let me look on the can. 6.5 ABV, 16 fluid ounces. It's a pounder. And the International Bitterness Unit, which I don't know if I is right. Now, I have no IBU. But when Chris Mackey comes in, he'll be able to give you IBU. I have no idea. I'm not even going to guess. I have no idea. Starting yesterday, as of yesterday, podcasts of this show, which have always been through like podcast directories or iTunes, and iTunes is by far the bigger way to get this show post live. Now has competition because, folks, Google Play Music is now carrying the show on podcast. That's right. In a statement marked yesterday, podcasts on Google Play Music in the U.S. and Canada will begin rolling out on Android and be available on the web. It is available on the web right now. I have to add that to the newsletter that goes out, which I didn't send out today. That was my bad. But I will have that link so you can listen to it on the web right now and then as a progressive rollout, at some point, you'll be able to see podcasts in the Google Music portion, and you can subscribe to the show right there on the Android. So I'm very excited about that. Again, users may not see podcast content on the Google Play app immediately, but keep checking back. And once I see it on my phone, I'll go ahead and at least do another shout here. So, yeah, Matt, you're right. It was Sideways. That was the movie that brought Pinot Noir to its incredible and not-so-needed peak. And a lot of Pinot Vintners made a killing because of that damn movie. Not so much now. And let me say this. If you've never had a Viognier, and I'm not a big white guy, and it looks like it says Viagner if you're looking for it. If your wine guy thinks he knows all about it and you say Viognier and he's like, huh? <laughs> look for the wine that says Viagner on it. That's a Viognier. Delicious. One of the best whites out there on the market right now. Look for a good Viognier and then talk to me about it. So look for this show, Google Play app, going forward. The Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolled into... Fort Collins, Colorado this past weekend. This was the last local qualifier before the Las Vegas Regional taking place this coming weekend. And the top six teams moving on to the uh, regional final in Las Vegas are as follows, winning grand championship. When he's there, I mean, he pretty much wins. Darren Worth and Sherry Worth, Iowa Smokey D's, 699.3. Wow. Reserve Grand Champ, Darren Worth, best buddy, holding Sterling Ball aside. Rod Gray and Sherry Gray Pellet Envy with a 693.0. Joe Bob's Barbecue, third. Keep Calm and Blaze On, number four. Fifth position, Duck Dog Barbecue. And rounding out the top six and making it to Las Vegas, the Celtic Pig. 
So for point of note, one is at six ninety nine, six is at six sixty eight. So a thirty one point difference between one and six. Not only that, but there was a fairly large gap between one and two by uh, six point three points. So in the game of barbecue, a hefty smackdown. By Darren Worth across the other five that also got their ticket punched into Las Vegas. As I had mentioned, the next Sam's Club Tour stop is coming this weekend on 423 in Las Vegas. This is the first of four regional finals. The top ten will be moving on from there to Bentonville. Good luck to all competing. Now, I want to take a moment to thank, rarely am I thanking anybody on this show, but it is incumbent upon me to make sure that I give people the respect and thanks that they deserve. Thanks to my boy, my man, 50 grand, pitmaster of Whiskey Bend Barbecue, Chad Ward, for hosting my parents at the Venice Barbecue Competition event, the Suncoast Barbecue, whatever. It's in Venice, Florida, this past weekend. I did talk to Bill and Connie, got the recap. And they said the food. In a word, in a word, marginal. But the time was stupendous. I'm kidding. In all seriousness. I know when I send someone to hang out with the guys over at Whiskey Bent, they're going to be treated like part of the team, maybe even like somewhat of a monicum of royalty. They go way over the top. Chad is a top-notch guy. He's making his way in the barbecue industry as both a competition cook, doing very well, but as in the business of barbecue with the two Whiskey Bend Barbecue Supply Stores, the partnership with Traeger, he's doing very well for himself. And it's a testament to the person that Chad is and the work ethic that Chad has. And I personally appreciate how he has let my folks, my parents, into his camp a few times here over the last handful of years and really pulled back the curtain for them and allow them to see exactly what it takes to be competitive on the barbecue circuit. And I know they appreciate it as well. So thanks, Chad, and thanks to the whole team for having my parents out yet again. And at some point, I'm going to get down there and be at the Sun Close Cook-Off as well. I uh, got a brand new mobile cooker, uh, mobile uh, remote uh, interview thing, which is going to help me do very well on, you know, when I'm out. It's going to be awesome. But again, thanks to Chad Ward and, and the whole team over at Whiskey Bent for having my parents out there Saturday, you know, through awards. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the longest running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru. What if I were to tell you that if you were looking for an automatic pit temperature control device from anybody else other than the barbecue guru, you're making a mistake. These guys created this technology way back when a genius named Shotgun Fred Perkle had a customer come to him and say, Hey, Fred, you're into this micro fan controlled whatnot in your business. Can you put one of those on my barbecue pit? Well, a week later, the prototype is built. It's proven out. Well, hell yeah. Not only that, we should bring this thing to market. Born is the barbecue guru. Now, innovative, leading the market, providing a number of different models to choose from. If you're a busy working professional, right? 
you don't have the time to set around and tend those pit temperatures and do all that. Who needs it? You, you, can get this barbecue guru, put it on your pit. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. You can run around and chase the kids. You can get errands done. Put that meat on. Put the barbecue guru on. Boom. You're free. You're unleashed. You're not chained to the pit anymore. There's a couple different models to choose from. If you're a gadget person, you want to hook up your smart device because you want to check in on it all the time. CyberQ Wi-Fi is something you might want to look at. Now, maybe you just want to like a cruise control situation. Party Q is the one you want. Self-contained, AA batteries, goes from one cooker to the next. It's great. You set the temperature. It keeps it right there. No worries. You can ramp it up and down. You go to thebbqguru.com. That's thebbqguru.com. You check out all their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they'll get you outfitted with exactly what you need to have you up and running right out of the box. Don't guess. Call them. TheBBQGuru.com or 800-288-GURU. All right, we're back with Randall Bowman. We're going to be talking about the National Barbecue Cup, amongst other things. We're having a gay old time here on the show. Gay? We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the good folks over at cookingpellets.com. That's right, Chris Becker and the gang. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy them on Amazon.com as well. Well, so here's the deal. I was trolling around the Facebooks, as I am ought to do, numerous times a day, and I saw this National Barbecue Cook. Oh, what the hell is that? It's new for 2016, right? No. Well... Having firmly removed the egg from my face, I was like, hey, it's coming up. You know, let's learn about it. Uh, I might as well learn about it with everybody else. And who's who's up to this? Who's doing it? I know I found out who it is. Joining me now, Randall Bowman. Randall, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I, I feel somewhat affected by the fact that I, I was reading Facebook one day and I saw this whole big promotion for National Barbecue Cook. Uh, I'm sorry, the National Barbecue Cup, and I was like, "Wow, somebody's come out with something new this year." But it, it's actually been around for a little bit, and I'm I'm kind of late to the party, I guess. Well, it has. This is actually the sixth year, but it is. Oh, it is I'm really is late to the party. Oh my god. Well, you know, it's it's, it's a it's a whole new loca- new new location, new format. Uh, you know, it, it 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 is it is new in many senses. All right, so let's start. Uh, you know, all the way back. First, 
for you, Randall, what's your situation uh, professionally and what's your interest with barbecue? Well, I've been doing barbecue professionally for oh, 10 or 12 years now. But uh, I own uh, Deep South Smokers, which uh, I know you mentioned earlier in the show. We build uh, uh, insulated, gravity-fed uh, smokers. Um, I'm also pretty heavily involved in some of the politics of barbecue with sitting on committees for different KCBS functions. Um, I'm a, a paid consulting organizer for a few events around the country as well. Uh, and, and, and then, of course, the National Barbecue Cup has kind of been my own personal baby now for the last uh, six years. Randall, can I, uh, I'm going to ditch you real quick and call you back. I, I think I have a little bit of a bad connection. Sure. All right. Let's do that immediately. What's a Barbecue Central show without, you know, bad connections, right? Is that, is that ever going to change? Your call has been properly delivered. But the party you are trying to reach is not accepting calls from callers who do not allow delivery of their telephone number. What? Please hang up. Do not block the delivery of your number and call again. Oh, God. Well, great news. I screwed myself. What? Holy love of Mike. Am I blocking my number? I got to text him to call me back. What the hell? Enter your message. Confirm sent. Yeah. The f- what the hey now? With the proliferation, you know, these people that are calling to solicit you, I thought the no call, did the no call list expire? I mean, damn, son. All right. Uh, call back. Yeah. I might have to call him back on my phone to call him back. Your call right? has yeah. been properly delivered. Yeah, great. Lord. I might as well just call him on the damn phone and put the, whatchamacallit up there. Oh, boy. Bear with me. Oh, good. That text message must have been delivered. Randall. Yes. All right. Better. Sorry about that. I, I, I'm calling, and I'm, uh, the lady was scolding me on the other end, saying my number wasn't. I felt like such a, a you know a ne'er do well, but nevertheless. Um, all right, so so talk to me about the uh, the national barbecue cook. Jeez, uh, national barbecue cup. How it how it kind of you know the genesis? Why you decided that this is something that kind of needed to happen in the barbecue world? Well. It all started because I had a facility here in, in my hometown of Cumming, Georgia, which is just, just north of Atlanta, that, that was a, a fairground, but it was built out uh, with you know pow- RV pedestals and power and water and, and things just everywhere. And it was a facility that would house four or five hundred teams without any issues at all. So you know we, we, we began working on it a couple of years before we actually launched the first one, uh, and and um, once we once we got launched, uh, you know, it, it started out with, you know, the 125, 150 teams uh, from year one. Um, and the vision, even in the beginning, was to turn this into a, a world championship. Uh, I just knew at that point we needed to build a foundation and lay the groundwork to to make it solid enough to do that. Um, and, and just to be, you know, quite frank, we outgrew the community uh, not the facility, but but the community support was not 
uh, as strong as it needed to be to take it uh, here in coming Georgia to to you know an invitational open world champion uh, you know style competition um, and the opportunity with Nashville came up uh, and and uh, you know I had organized and worked closely with Arlie Bragg on some other contests and you know we we discussed it, uh, it and, and felt that we could really turn this into you know a world championship caliber event that would be a mid-season thing because in, in unfortunately in competitive barbecue most of our large contests are late in the year so guys are somewhat burned out at that point uh, anyway and, and I thought for, for a long time that, that a mid-season one would be a, a much bigger draw. Randall, so talk to me about how one qualifies to, to get in the national bar, or I guess talk to me about how it's set up. Well, and, and, and some of that has changed here recently due to some some uh, you know team of the year point issues that that, that came up uh, with our sanctioning body. Uh, originally, the qualifications were going to be past you know KCBS Grand Champions, Florida Barbecue Association Grand Champions, and winners of the majors and, and some of those things. Um, unfortunately, being a first year invitational, uh, it, we were not able to attain points for the invitational version. Uh, of of the barbecue cup, so we made the choice uh, in a special board meeting a few weeks ago to actually transform from an invitational open and just to a double for this year to then pursue the invitational open for 2017. Randall, let me ask you: when you talk about having you know winners from various sanctioning bodies, and then you're also talking about points, in, in the end, are you trying to secure points for all sanctioning bodies, or is it just for KCBS people? Well, ultimately, I'd like to see this be for everybody. Um, but at this point, my ties are so close to KCBS because of what I work with every day. Uh, we, it was important for us to pursue that initially uh, and to, to help get them as a sanctioning body on board. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you look at sanctioning bodies, the, the, you know, the elephant in the room is obviously KCBS is by far the largest sanctioning body that we have. Um, so it's hard to to not uh, view that when you're looking at something like this. So just looking down the road and everything being utopia, like how do you see being able to disperse points to various sanctioning bodies? I mean, obviously, uh, unless you get every, you know, KCBS and Florida Barbecue Association and maybe some of the Texas guys to all agree that this is going to be an independently sanctioned contest that somehow feeds points back to, to whoever it is, right? Oh, I think that would be wonderful. I think that uh, I think that no matter what sanctioning body anybody cooks, we, we're all there for one, you know, common cause, and that is, you know, we we all love the competitive, you know, barbecue circuit, uh, and I think that uh, there could be a, a large opportunity for an event that could could possibly foster that relationship amongst the sanctioning bodies. Randall Bowman joining me here on the show talking about the National Barbecue Cup. Uh, oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take myself <laughs> off the air. I want to say cook. I mean, it is a cook, but it's the National Barbecue Cup. Uh, so uh, I guess maybe we didn't hit it, but how do, like, how do you qualify to, to get into the National Barbecue Cup? Well, at, at, at this point, the way we've morphed it into a double, anybody can cook this. Anybody can come compete for the $50,000. Uh, in prize money, um, they can come get KCBS points. Um, 
uh, take home all the the uh, accolades that come along with winning uh, or getting a call with the National Barbecue Cup, uh, and, and then look forward to 2017 for the the uh, qualifiers to come out, which are going to include you know those I mentioned before, uh, and heavily involve the teams that are there this year for the 2016 Barbecue Cup. How do you so let's talk about next year? I mean, when you talk about qualifying events, obviously that's going to culminate into a final event. Do you see this breaking off and, and being like a Sam's Club series or something along those lines in the I, end? I think in the next few years you'll see you'll see other events spin off of this uh, you know uh, to be something. I don't want to say like a Sam's Club, but I, I think you'll see other events uh, it, it, under the umbrella of this. Would it be more along the lines of a World Food Championships where you have events that you can go to, and if you win or you finish whatever the criteria is, that those teams now get an automatic bid to go into the National Barbecue Cup? I think it very well could 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 morph into uh, uh, something in between a Sam's Club and something in between you know that setup and and some some mix of our own little flair in there as well. Team wise, this year you go, you pay your money, and you can kind of go up. Do you have some kind of uh, an idea right now, like what teams that you have committed and how many you would like to see potentially show up? Well, I mean, you know, we have we have room in the and this event is in the Tennessee Titans parking lot. So, I mean, we have an, a, a a a facility very similar to you know the uh, American Royal has had uh, well this past year. So, I mean, I think that uh, you know the the big pictures. I think you can see a three or four hundred team contest um, uh, very easily. Wow. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see one hundred and twenty five or one hundred and fifty teams this first year. Um, we've got some variables to overcome with, you know, other long-established Memorial Day weekend contests. There's many other doubles that are good-paying contests on Memorial Day weekend, and and there's some, you know, some marketing events going on Memorial Day weekend too that are taking some good teams. Um, but even with that being said, I mean, you know, you know, Butcher's Barbecue is coming, and uh, Richard Parker and 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 uh, his business partner are coming, and Mark Gibbs is coming. I mean, you know, we've We've got uh, still the who's who of barbecue is coming to compete. Do you feel uh, that, or, or when you were looking at the date to put it on, were there other dates that you were looking at, or you just said, hey, here's uh, Memorial Day, we realize the potential scuds that are around us, and we're just going to push through, and we're going to make it here on Memorial Day weekend? Well, when when you're looking at, at dates for events, there's it, it, it's hard to find a perfect date, uh, and and when you partner with a city or or government agencies with you know CVBs or or uh, you know chambers or things like that, sometimes you're kind of at the leeway for them with things. And, and the city of Nashville itself was very strong on Memorial Day weekend with with their desires. Um, and, and a lot of that's based on hotel occupancy and you know tourism and things like that. And, and Memorial Day weekend was was at the top of their list of where they wanted to see this event, uh, you know, be held. You, you kind of have that partner in Arlie Bragg, who is well known throughout, yes. you know, KCBS as being one of the maybe if not the premier 
promoter and, and putting honor of events uh, over the last any number of years. I mean, well-known and well-respected oh, yeah. in the industry. Yeah. What is he bringing to the table uh, from your perspective that really helps kind of build the brand of National Barbecue Cup? Well, I mean, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, Arlie, I think, is was probably the, the first, you know, organizer or person organizing for other people. I think he was probably the first guy to get paid to organize contests. Um, he brings a tremendous amount of experience. I mean, he's, he's organized probably 200 contests, um, you know, over the last 10 years. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think you can find anybody with more experience uh, and wide, you know, widespread experience uh, as far as event organization goes. In regards to teams looking to sign up, what's the entry fee and how are you paying out? It is it is a five hundred dollar entry for for the double for both contests. Uh, you're, we're paying twenty twenty five thousand the first. I'm sorry, twenty three thousand the first day, twenty three thousand the second day, and then they we're going to do a cumulative uh, grand champion of the highest average overall score is going to take home uh, another four thousand. Um, we're paying ten deep overall and ten deep in every category. Um, we're trying to spread it out a little bit and make it a little more appealing for, for folks to want to come. Um, one of the things from a, from a competitor standpoint I've always hated is, you know, a contest that pays out $10,000, but it's all in the, the first two placements. Um, and that guy who finished fourth walks home with, you know, a $75 check. Um, I've always felt that if you could pay a little bit deeper and, and, and take care of some guys, it would it would be a little more beneficial for them. You know, when I look through the KCBS results each and every week, and, and I do it each and every week, and I see those purse fluctuations, one has 10000 one has 20000 one has $3,200. Right. And, and I wonder, like, what's, what's the motivation for somebody to go out and, let's say, spend, what, 700 to to $1,000 per contest on average – for an overall payout of less than five thousand dollars, it almost seems counterproductive. Well, I, I, and I, you know, it's funny because there was a, a contest here in Georgia a few years ago, and, and we were sitting around a bunch of us at a contest the weekend before this, and we couldn't come up with any reason why anybody was cooking it. It was <laughs> you could you could sweep every category and still lose money, <laughs> and yet forty of us showed up. Um, and I think uh, I think a lot of it is the camaraderie. Uh, a lot of it is the competitiveness. Uh, and 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 maybe we're all crazy. I don't know. But uh, I I don't know that it's it's in today's environment. Uh, you can have a an, a, a successful long term event uh, with a with a payout that guys can't make money and you can't give money back to them. So. Um, uh, you know, a, a three thousand dollar payout or a four thousand dollar payout is is not a lot of money. Um, it's hard for a guy who's going to pay a you know a two to three hundred dollar entry fee and buy a two hundred dollar you know wagyu brisket and, and you know bring his wife and kids and and, and as you said, spend a thousand dollars on the weekend to to have the potential to win five hundred. It it doesn't make financial sense. How difficult or maybe easy was it for you guys uh, because you're running with Arlie Bragg there to secure sponsorships and to make sure that money that you're going to be offering is locked in and ready to go? Well, you know, the city of Nashville was, was a big chunk of, uh, of the financial investment up front to secure this move. Um, 
uh, and that was a big part. But, you know, we've been fortunate in the facts that, you know, I've had relationships with Smithfield for years, and Smithfield is one of the, the big sponsors. Uh, you know, Springer Mountain Farms is another big one. Um, you know, uh, one of our uh, one of our close friends and, and a person that's helped us with this contest has a great relationship with Sunbelt Rental. Uh, we were able to get uh, Power Bartered as a sponsor, so um, you know we don't have that you know thirty five thousand dollar bill for Power. Um, so I mean, there's a there's a lot of things uh, involved and a lot of variables and a lot of help from a lot of folks that want to see an event like this be successful. Randall Bowman joining me here on the show talking about the National Barbecue Cup. And uh, I guess if it's okay, Randall, could I hold you over for a, another shorter side segment here? Sure. All right, so let me go ahead and talk to the folks about Big Pop Smokers here, and then we'll come back and pick up the conversation, uh, tie up a little National Barbecue Cup stuff, and then maybe we can talk about uh, the smoker stuff too. Sure. All right, we'll do that here. Uh, go ahead and stand by, Randall. We'll be right back with you, but first... Let me talk to you folks about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills out there in the world today, Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa's has also made a name for itself recently, by crafting award-winning lines of championship rubs. That's right, from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, period. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either, no. BPS rubs have become so well-known, they have been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse. With four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu, and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. They've also banded together with fellow California-based rub company called Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market and begun to redefine what the folks on the competition circuit, flavor profile-wise, are looking to aim for. BPS also features a wide selection of meat in the meat locker. Top quality meats from Snake River Farms ship right to your door. American Kobe beef, the Kurabuda pork, Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Also, they have created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, They've been able to do all of this with only six years of being in business, turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smoke. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. We're back with more Randall Bowman tying up National Barbecue co- uh, oh did it again get me off the air folks i can't i can't stand the national barbecue cup and deep south smoke stick around be right back
smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966 is the phone number. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you have any questions for Randall or myself, give us a call. Give us an email. You're down for taking a call or an email, right, Randall? Oh, sure. Yeah, we're, we're not shying away from anything here. So if you got something to say, step up for crying out loud. What do we care? <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, wrapping up the National Barbecue Cup items, Randall, uh, anything else you want to get out there to the consuming public or for perhaps a team that might be considering entering in their name to the foray? Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we welcome anybody. We would love to see teams uh, come out and support this and, and make it successful. Uh, you know, we're already, we're already working on 2017 uh, at this point, uh, even, even though we've not hit 2016 yet. Uh, but, you know, you can sign up all online at the, on the website, which is www.nationalbbqcup.com. Um, and there's a lot of exciting stuff planned. You know, Nashville is a, an amazing uh, city. The, uh, the growth and, and everything in Nashville over the last few years has just turned it into a real hotbed for uh, culinary and uh, entertainment. And it's, it's just a fun city anyway. So uh, there's so many things to do outside of just uh, coming for the barbecue cup that uh, I would say you could have a blast there, uh, cook a contest and and, uh, and, and and probably not want to go home. Now, let me tell you, uh, for a business meeting, I once spent three days there. I don't remember one second of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I believe that. <laughs> oh, oh, my Lord. I mean, there were there's bars there that are three and four stories. It is it, it, Downtown is an incredible scene. Yes, it is. It is. And, the, you know, Titan Stadium is literally a, a very short walk to all the bars downtown. Um, the walking bridge that goes from downtown to Titan Stadium is going to drop off right in the parking lot where this event is. NationalBBQCup.com is the website. We're talking with Randall Bowman. So let's transition out of the the majesty of doing the, the competition stuff, Randall, and get into a little bit of the business, which is uh, deep, sure. deep South Smokers for you. Sure. When did you decide that a new smoker needed to be into the market? What were you seeing that was perhaps deficient or something that you wanted to offer people well, as a choice? I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I, I think any cooker that's been in production for more than a couple of years is obviously doing something right. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from any manufacturer out there because if you've got a business model that's worked for a couple of years, you're, you're obviously got customers, you're successful. Um, what I saw in the gravity-fed market was there were a lot of, um, cookie cutter, more mass produced type products. And I looked at, uh, and, and all the compliments honestly go to Jamie Gear with Jambo Pits. I looked at the craftsmanship going into Jambos and I thought, why is nobody doing this in a gravity fed or any other type of cooker? Uh, you know, I, I, I look at the, the, the quality of this product and, and, and just so impressed. Um, which is what we took into gravity feds. We, we, we are a hand built. Everything is, you know, automotive paint. It is, it is in my, my view, the jambo of gravity feds. And I think most of our customers would, would probably agree with that. Um, you know, we've done a, a few technology changes on gravity feds to make, a, make ours heat a little more even and, 
uh, airflow a little better and things like that. But but the number one selling point by far is the craftsmanship. They are they are built like a tank and they look like a Ferrari. What kind of product line do you have? How many different options and kind of? I mean, obviously, at some point, everything probably becomes custom if you're that kind of guy. But what kind of price points are you looking at? Just kind of jumping in. We go everywhere from a, a just shy of twenty seven hundred dollars and up from there. Um, we do a lot of you know one off stuff, uh, which takes one of our production models and stretches it two inches or raises it six inches or uh, you know every every we don't have standard paint colors. There is no you know black cookers on the on the floor, red cookers on the floor, or this color cooker on the floor. You pick out your paint color. It's all automotive paint. Uh, everything is built to what you want, um, and it's customized to your standards. Um, so it is yours when you get it. It's not, uh, you know, something that the 40 other people at the contest this weekend have. For the folks that maybe aren't aware of what a gravity-fed cooker is, because we do have a little bit of a, a noob audience from time to time, uh, maybe explain a little bit. You say Jambo, and if people go Google Jambo or they YouTube Jambo, it's an offset. It's a live fire, right. or, you know, stick throwing type of situation. Unless you cheap out and do the charcoal basket and you're lazy. But nevertheless, we're not saying anything about that here. When you go to Gravity Fed, what are you looking at as far as if you can paint that visual picture? Well, a, a Gravity Fed is basically you've got a, a fire box on the on the side of the uh, the side of the cook chamber. Uh, that has a large chute that holds charcoal. And what happens is because fire needs oxygen to burn, it can only escape through the cook chamber. So your fire is only burning in this area about 8 or 10 inches up into this chute of charcoal. So what will happen is your charcoal burns, it continues to refuel itself through that fresh charcoal that that is stacked in that chute above it. Um, you know, our cookers will will run about three-quarters of a pound of charcoal to a pound of charcoal an hour, running in about 250 degrees. Um, our average size cooker will hold about 20 pounds of charcoal. Um, you know, a prime example is is I can load up on a Friday night for a KCBS contest, and I will never put charcoal in it the rest of the weekend. Uh, I don't need to touch charcoal. Uh, you know, we, we're a guru dealer, so we... We try to push gurus uh, as well because, to me, a perfect combination when you're spending six or seven thousand dollars on a cooker that will run as efficient as ours is, is to take truly all the fire management issues out of it, uh, to put a guru on it, and if you set it at two fifty, it will stay at two fifty and not not move one degree as long as you've got charcoal in that chute. In regards to the wood smoke, obviously the stick burner guys are throwing in wood to keep that fire going. What about for wood flavor on gravity fed? How do you do that? Well, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of options for wood flavor. Natural lump charcoal uh, instead of briquettes is, is a great method. There's guys that will mix wood chunks and wood chips into the charcoal. Uh, the easiest and most effective way, in, in my own personal opinion, uh, is to put actual splits of wood into the ash box and allow hot hot coals to actually drop on those and uh, and smolder. Um, and you know we've been fortunate in the last couple of years uh, to have get, garnered some attention from from many of the top teams. Uh, you know Jim Berg with Killer Bees is cooking on a deep south and has for the last couple of years. Uh, Richard Parker uh, with Barbecue Superstore is Donnie Bray. 
Tommy Houston has one. Tim Grant has one. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Um, you know, Rub and, and uh, with Swamp Boys has one. Uh, Mark Gibbs, uh, Bob with uh, Barbecue Guru, uh, actually purchased another manufacturer's cooker with a new trailer this past year and cooked on it for a couple of months and called me and said, will you build me one? The, the trailer's great. I don't like the cooker. Uh, he came down and actually cooked the National Barbecue Cup in, in coming and picked up a new cooker and and has been in love with it since. Um, but, I mean, it, it, and it just keeps... It keeps, uh, you know, growing and growing and growing as, as more guys cook on it. And, you know, Donnie is, uh, is, is a funny guy because, you know, he went from a stick burner for a long time to backwoods <laughs> back for right. years. And now he jokes about not knowing what to do because he doesn't have to twist any knobs or add water or, or, or do anything other than just watch the temperature gauge and it stays right where it's supposed to. Randall, I mean, you're a guy that knows barbecue history. You've seen KCBS evolve over its, you know, 29, 30 years or whatever it is. Do you think that technology and the evolution of the cooker has taken, well, I mean, it's taken a lot away. Like, you don't really have to be a, a guy that knows fire management or knows how oxygen hits the logs and, and you're up all night throwing wood and all this stuff. Is that something that is gone forever? Is that something that you see some folks coming back to at some point? Or, or is this just the way it is because of how things evolve and technology increases? I think it's, I think it's a little bit of all that. I don't know that it will ever all go away because, uh, you know, I, I have an offset we built. I still have it at my home that I use once in a while just because I, I, I like doing things the old traditional way. Um, and I think there's a lot of us like that. Uh, but... As money gets uh, increased in barbecue competitions and, and and stakes become bigger and opportunities become bigger, I think you're looking for any slight advantage you can have uh, to to win. And if you can take fire management out of it, that's a a giant variable that you you can take out of out of it with a cooker. I, I think that a guy that's going to cook 40 or 50 weekends a year is going to jump on that opportunity. Uh, every chance he gets, um, and that's not to say the guys. I mean, you know, jam, guys cooking on jambos are extremely successful. Um, they're a good cooker, and I'm, I'm not going to say it's the cooker because I think the I think the the person operating the smoker is is could probably be successful on anything they cooked on. Um, and you know, I, I I don't know that it's gone. Uh, I just think in competition barbecue, you're going to start seeing technology take over, uh, anything that makes it easier, I think you're going to start seeing take over. You know, and, and I think that's kind of the whole concept of what the guys that are cooking hot and fast now, um, because you're not, you're not managing a fire for 16 or 18 hours. You're managing it for four or five. Are you a hot and fast guy? I am not. I am a low and slow guy. And, and just to be real straightforward, I can go to a contest, and if I want to go to bed at 9 o'clock on Friday, I can't. <laughs> Right, because of the cooker, right? That, that's exactly right. And, and I, I, I have played around with hot and fast, but I have to get up in the middle of the night. And, and to me, I can get the I, – I don't, I don't alter my, my regular week schedule uh, on a weekend to go to a contest. My, my sleep schedule and everything stays the same. From the competitor side of things, is there a model that you offer that seems to be most popular on the circuit right now? Well, our very our most popular model is a GC28, 
uh, and GC obviously stands for Grand Champion. Um, and it's just it's uh, the numbers coincide with the width of the cook chamber. So the 28 is 28 inches wide. It's designed to hold two steam pans because cooking in pans is now becoming uh, a very popular you know yeah. method as well. Um, which again I think is that it's easy to clean. It's easy to transport meat back and forth from the cooker. I think it's another one of those things that has has made competition barbecue easier for folks. So they're starting to adapt and use that method. Um, and that's by far the most popular. Probably 70% of the cookers we sell are that model. Randall, for the folks that want to check out uh, the Deep South Smokers, what's the website? Uh, www.deepsouthsmokers.com. All right, easy enough, deepsouthsmokers.com. And also, if you're looking to get into the National Barbecue Cup at some point, uh, nationalbbqcup.com is the place to go for that. Uh, Randall, really appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Not a problem. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is, Randall Bowman, National Barbecue Cook. Are you kidding me? I said it again? Look, I'm not a believer in kismet or whatever it is. But uh, for as many... I'm looking right at it, like right here on my screen. It says National Barbecue Cup. And all I'm saying is National Barbecue Cook. Here's the good news. I'm a businessman. So I'm going to reach out to Arlie Bragg. And we're breaking... Hold on a second here. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. All right, folks. Greg Rempe reporting to you from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. And because I've said National Barbecue Cook 57 times, could I be more disrespectful? I don't think so. That being said, I will reach out to Arlie Bragg. We will bring the National Barbecue Cook to Cleveland, Ohio, baby. Yeah. There are zero, aside from the Burke Lakefront National Rib Cook-Off bullcrap that happens every year, every year. I don't know if anybody else's city in America has more rib burn-offs than the greater Cleveland area. I have to doubt. I mean, every city has got a rib burn-off. The historic downtown Willoughby, Ohio has like two, one in or beginning of summer, one at the end of summer. They have whiskey and pigs or whatever they call it. And then they have the the rib cook-off in downtown Willoughby. Then they have the big Mark's cook-off down in Cleveland. Then the west side has one and the, the northwest side has one. The far east side has one. We are rib-eating mother effers here in Cleveland. If you don't got a rib cook-off here in Cleveland... Get out of Cleveland. But there's no real barbecue contest in Cleveland. Never mind the fact that two of the most prolific barbecue restaurants in the country right now are located here in Cleveland. One, Mabel's Barbecue by Chef Michael Simon. And two... Proper, the Proper Pig Smokehouse in Lakewood, Ohio. Both opened within days of each other. By the way, (laughs) 
If we're talking about barbecue restaurants that opened in Cleveland, and this show is based in Cleveland, and I follow both Michael Simon and Mabel's Barbecue and the proper pick, do you think for one second, as a guy who was hosting the most prolific, popular, most downloaded barbecue show on the face of the earth, could get a goddamn invitation to any one of these fuckers? No. 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 Michael Simon, no. Proper Pig, no. Nobody's got nothing from me. Nobody. Cue the crying music, right? How is that? Mike and Amy Mills. Mike and Amy Mills were in Cleveland for Mabel's soft opening a week ago. Mike and Amy Mills, I live in Cleveland. Hello? Hello? I'm right here, 10 minutes away from East 4th Street, which I love. I love East 4th Street. I love Pickwick and Frolic the most. I love Pickwick and Frolic the most. I got nothing. It is beyond bizarre how a guy that is... What are the chances that anybody has a barbecue talk show here in Cleveland? Zero. Here I am. Here I am. The one that talks barbecue. No. The guy from Lockhart's gets the interview. Tim Holtz from Columbus gets an interview? Or he he gets up there? What? I mean, Tim's the man. I live here. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got damn right. Nobody's got time for that. However, I've reached out to Daniel Vaughn and from uh, Texas Barbecue Monthly, and I've said, don't come to Cleveland without giving me the heads up. We, I... I'm going to take you to Mabel's. I'm going to take you to Proper Pig Smokehouse, Oak and Embers over in Chesterland. We're going to do a whole Greater Cleveland, Ohio barbecue review. Just me and you. I'm going to pay for everything because I need the expense. This is going to be awesome. So look for that. Plus, I have, as I said an hour ago or whatever it was, I have the new mobile recording station that I can actually hook like microphones up to. I can have three different microphones in this thing. I've put together an interview over the next over the last couple days that I would never be able to do. This thing has freed me. I'm going to be going around the country making interviews. It's going to be great. Content is going to be coming in fast and furious. I'm going to have a special announcement next Tuesday that may or may not blow your mind. I haven't told anybody about it. But next Tuesday, top of the hour, the first edition of Something New will have transpired. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm going to get you very excited because I'm very excited to be partnering with this guy. I knew at some point there was probably going to be a time where we would work together. And the time is now. (laughs) Trialing. We're trialing. And that's all I can say. No names, please. So let's go ahead and get out of this show before I ruin it for everybody else. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Fred Robles from 
Rio Valley Meats. He's qualified for the Jack Daniels. He has won eight contests. It's great. It's great. Matt, uh, dude, trust me. Just ask Jeff Elzer. I'm a man of my word. We're going to do the beer segment. We're going to do it. I'm going to be in touch with you. Don't worry about it. We got it. We got it. Summertime's coming up. Everybody drinks beer in the summer. Nobody drinks beer in the winter, right? Nobody drinks beer in the winter. Then we talk to Steve Ray from Midnight Oil. He is on I-75, exit 11 on the northbound side. He's also the pitmaster of Owl's Nest Barbecue. He's got a busy competition season coming up. Talking about trailer maintenance. And then in the second hour, we talked with Randall Bowman about the National Barbecue Cup. Breaking news. Arlie Bragg and I are going to be putting on the National Barbecue Cook here in Cleveland. And then in the uh, second segment in the second hour, we talked about Deep South Smokers. His websites, by the way, DeepSouthSmokers.com, NationalBBQCup.com. Check them out. We got a great show already planned for next Tuesday. Until then, let me tell you one thing. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.